Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Oh God, I don't feel ready. Okay. I am ready. I'm good. Okay, good. That was fast. (laughs) (laughs) I prepared so quickly. Hi y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. All right. Tell them what episode it is. 24? <laughs> Is that right? That's right. It's okay. episode 24. Okay. Hi, and welcome to episode 24. Client management. If there was one class that I could force every realtor to take as a requirement of their license, it would probably be client management. It, I can't believe it took us this long to, to even get to it. Now, we have touched on some of these topics, but to dedicate yes. a whole episode to client management. Well, I think that the most important part of de- dedicating a whole episode to it is people don't even think about that term. Right. They don't even, they're not even in the mindset of like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. I bet some people think that we're going to start talking about actual technology and databases and things that are managing your... I don't think we're actually talking about any of that. Nope. <laughs> not, not at all. Because client management is more about managing people. Correct. And it's funny because you know I'm a big advocate of saying I'm not self-employed. Right. Yes. I'm I love client that. employed. Yes. Without my clients, I'm not employed. Correct. However, you're still the boss. Yes. As the realtor, you're the professional. Yes. You have to manage everything. Yep. You have to have, and I think the biggest part of client management is confidence. Oh, 100%. If you're not confident, you are not going to be able to take the bull by the horn and lead the show. Deliver those difficult messages. Yeah. You've got to be, you've got to be in charge. You are managing people. People, you're managing people. And I think like the new people... Yes. It's really hard. This part is really hard because you want to guide, but you are so scared to lose them. And I think you're scared to give bad advice or or maybe you don't feel, like you said, you're not confident in what you know yet. And the delivery is just as important as what you're saying. Yep. So if you are not speaking with confidence, you're already behind. You're way behind. No one's going to listen and take your word for anything when it seems like you're not sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. Yeah. So before we get deeper into the client management, as soon as we hit stop record on <laughs> on professionalism last week, I was like, oh, man, the one thing that we didn't talk about when we were discussing realtor, I mean, you know, respect for your peers, professionalism and your professionalism. We're just going to quickly get back to it. Um, friends out there who are not doing real estate as their full time gig yet. Um, need to be mindful that mm-hmm. it is a true profession. It is a real job and it should be given the same sort of respect as what you are calling a real job. 
And you need to have respect for the realtors that are doing it full time. Right. So when you get off work at five is not the time to start blowing up their phone. Right. It's not their fault that you work another job and can't handle your real estate business until the evening. That doesn't mean we're supposed to drop all of our family stuff to just attend to you doing this like night hustle thing. Right. So just be mindful. I don't, we're not going to harp on it in a long time. No. I just think it's, especially when it comes to scheduling and expecting responses, remember that the other half of that transaction likely is a full-time realtor who needs you to get them items during the course of a business day and is not going to respond to you at 11 p.m. at night Mm -hmm. when you have time for it. Um, So just whatever it takes to figure out those systems for you, maybe you're more of an emailer and that's how you've got to make it work. Um, be respectful of the other agent's time. Love it. Okay. Moving on to client management. Okay. Okay. So I think that this starts with your setting expectations and rules for your clients. The biggest thing is that once you've lost control, you can't really get it back. Yes. So (laughs) it has to be, you have to be the authoritative figure from the beginning. Yes. The first time you meet a seller for that listing appointment, it needs to be polished. It needs to be professional. Yes. It needs to have everything that you want them to know. Yep. And then they're just like, they know what to expect by the end of that. Yes. Give them, even in my buyer folder, I have a list that's steps to making a home purchase. Yes. Your buyers can go online and find how to make a home purchase in a million different ways. I have them lined out in the way that I go through a transaction. Mm -hmm. Me, Katie, in Louisiana. It's not going to be the same for you, Susie, in New York City. Like, obviously, there are things that are different about the way transactions are done. But make sure your clients are aware of how you are going to get them through the transaction and what the steps are. And it will also eliminate a lot of communication on you repeating yourself or them being confused or not understanding how things work. It's just like what you said in the last episode in professionalism giving them some explanation of how feedback on a listing works is going to make it easier for you and for them, and you're managing their expectations. Yeah. And so I think that's important. And also um, just sticking to what you do and doing it the same way every Every single time. time. Yes. If you don't show houses to buyers that aren't pre-approved, that's ever. Ever. Like you are committed to saying before we go run around town and open all these doors, yeah. this is step one is the budget meeting yeah. and you have to get pre-approved. I think that's good. And and stand firm. Don't let them treat you like your kids do. You they get an, I saw this meme that killed me this week. It was, um, you know, your kid ask a question. Mom says, no. Kid responds with, I don't feel like you're fully committed to that. I'm going to ask you 867 <laughs> more times. <laughs> Finally, stay committed to your system. Make sure that your clients don't push you around and that you are like really sticking with it. Well, the moment you've lost control and they're running the show, I mean, you just can't get it back. You can't get it back. They've lost respect for you. No. They know that you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Or you appear not to know what you're doing. I'm a big fan of the books Baby Wise when my kids were babies years ago. I did that. You you read Baby Wise? Mm -hmm. Baby Wise is great. It was so easy. And then I read Potty Wise. Oh, I didn't do that. Okay, one. well, I think it might be y'all so <laughs> ridiculous, but I think it might be in that one where they the big thing that they cover over and over again is begin as you mean to go. Oh. Begin as you mean to go. So if this is how it's gonna be, start off that way. If you're not gonna have clients texting you at 8 p.m. at night, don't ever respond at 8 p.m. at night. You have to be the one that's setting those standards. Right. So you manage your clients' expectations. 
they won't get upset if you don't catch that 8 p.m. text if you've never caught the 8 p.m. text. Right. It's you begin as you mean to go. And it's not that you didn't catch it. It's just that everybody has to have their boundaries and downtime. And it's during our boundaries and downtime that we're resting, we're rejuvenating so that when we respond via email at 8 a.m., we're ready. Exactly. Ready to work. You need to be prepared to answer the questions and solve the problems. Mm -hmm. Y'all, you have so many problems to solve in a transaction or in a search. Um, I think that also, you know, talking about a search brings up when your clients tell you what their needs are Mm -hmm. and you know why they're moving and you set up their search and they say, I can't have a house less than 2,500 square feet. You need to be mindful and aware that maybe the perfect house for them is 2420 square feet. Right. Right. (laughs) Like you cannot just let them tell you these are the deal breakers. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Listen beyond what they're saying and manage their expectations. Well, maybe you say that you have to have a 2,500 square foot house and be in this location, but your budget isn't going to allow that, friend. Mm -mm. So we're going to have to make these decisions up front. Like we can't keep trying to look at houses that are out of your price range. That is a big one. So big. Please, please remind your clients in the beginning of the search. It does nobody any service if they are approved for $400,000 and they keep wanting to view online and in person homes that are $450,000 and you know without a shadow of a doubt that they cannot buy a house for $450,000, don't schedule that appointment. No. Don't let them even look online. I've had to correct quite a few clients and say, listen, if you keep looking outside of your price range, you're never going to be happy with what you can afford. Right. And I can't fix that. So you've got to set that expectation for your And clients. on that searches topic, I have actually gotten three new clients, mm-hmm. buyer clients that were working with another realtor who okay. contacted me and said, we had a realtor. We have ended the relationship. We're not happy. My first question, what went wrong? Tell me. And three times the answer was, they set us up on this search that sent us about 25 houses every single day. Wow. And the the realtors aren't even filtering. Filtering. Yeah. And okay, y'all, this is our job. Yeah. Our only job yeah. is to work with buyers and to work with sellers. Yeah. If you don't have time to house hunt, you're in the wrong profession. Yeah. So it takes me about 30 minutes to set up a buyer search. Yep. I set up the search. Mm-hmm. I see if it's eliminating, if any of their criteria is eliminating things that I think would be good options. Okay. So if they tell me square footage, I might plus or minus 150 bigger I or smaller. Do. Yeah. Um, if a fireplace is non-negotiable, I might set up two searches, one that's fireplaces only and one that's none. I do the same thing. Just oh. because I just want to see and make sure. So if something yeah. comes up, because- Sometimes if you're in a market like us right now, there's not as much yeah. to choose from. So when inventory is low, you can't yeah. have so many deal breakers. And if they haven't heard from you in a week. Right. So sometimes I like to send them something and say, I hey, I know this doesn't have a fireplace, right. but I just wanted you to know that I am still keeping an eye out for yes. you. Yes. But in some situations, especially if it's, this is a buyer that's like actively needs to buy a house. Yeah. I get it sent to me first. Okay, I like it. And then I look at it, mm-hmm. and if it's wrong, I might forward it to them and say, hey, I saw this one just came on the market. Right. I know it doesn't work, but I'm keeping an eye out. Or I send it to them and say, hey, this one looks like it meets all your criteria. Right. Um, but they are frustrated with these automated searches that yeah. are not specific enough. 
Um, the other reason it takes me 30 minutes to set up the search is because I will eliminate subdivisions. Like yes. if I know this subdivision only has one car carport, then you gotta we just eliminate it yeah. or whatever the case may be. Yes. Um, but it my search is very thorough. Right. Because I don't want it to just be junk. Like right. if I get an alert, first of all, I don't want 20 emails a day. I agree. Of whatever. But um I just think it's important that we help them filter so they're excited when they get an email from us about a new house. Like it's an actual potential yeah. that could work. I um, agree with all of this. And I also feel bad and I'm apologizing when there is something in their search that I cannot set it for. So yes. when like they say, <laughs> I, well, right, I want an office. I need, um, I don't want it to have flooded. I don't want to pay flood insurance. I have to just tell them on the front end, I have set your search. Um you know, I cannot filter out for this thing. So please just contact me back and say, look, uh, 123 Main Street looks like a good one. Did it flood? Does it require flood insurance? I'm Mm -hmm. happy to check it for you. I cannot filter it out. I am sorry. Like, I'm apologetic on the front end. Like, I know you might get But the point is that you're communicating with them. So they're not like, why is this realtor sending me all these flooded houses? I don't want it. Yeah, I told you no. Yeah, well, I can't can't select out for it. Communication is always going to make this process easier. Mm -hmm. And if your clients know that that's why they're getting, or if they say, I need a big lot, I cannot yeah. filter listings for lot size. If by acres, I can. Thankfully, our if MLS they, just yeah. added that. Yeah. But you know what agents do? Lazy agents. And I'm talking to y'all lazy agents. <laughs> they put in one acre because they don't want to do the math and figure out the actual acreage of but to 100 me, I by think 200 that's lot. Like fraud. I agree. Because I everybody t- wants an acre. Thank you. I have plenty. I have a client right now who wants an acre, and I've had to explain this to them in great length. If you get a house that clearly looks like it's on a, a neighborhood lot in your search, I am sorry. It is because the other realtor has made a mistake. Yeah. And please, y'all, stop making me apologize for your bad <laughs> behavior. Get it right. It goes right in hand with what we were talking about in professionalism. So I have clients a lot of times that will send me like 15 addresses. Okay. First of all, if I have a client that starts texting me addresses. Right. <laughs> first of all, yeah. my nightmare. Second of all, <laughs> right. I'm going to forget You're to like, come back to it. This to so me. I respond to their text message and say, hey, anytime you see a house, please email me the address so when I get back to my computer, I can research it and yes. I can make notes. And yes. they go, oh, okay, perfect. Thank right. you. Great. So I have all of their links in one okay. email. I highlight green, orange, or red. Oh, my word. You are so, y'all, she is so thorough. This is my, e- but uh, if it's an email, I can do this in five minutes. Okay, let's hear it. And I make notes next to each one. And I'll say, this one's green, highlighted green. This one looks great. It didn't flood. It's not in a flood zone. It's in the subdivision you said. It's only been on the market three days, yep, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Next one. Okay, this one did not flood, but it is in a flood zone. You mentioned to me that that was questionable. So I have this one in orange. Right. The next one flooded and in a flood zone. And you said that that was important. So it's red. We're not like, it makes me sad when I hear realtors say things like, I showed 20 houses. I'm like, that's your fault. That's no client management. You did not help or guide them because you know what? They didn't want to do that either. Well, but they didn't have a realtor take charge and say, let me explain to you why this is not going to work. And this gets easier as you show them houses. I agree. I was getting ready to say the same thing. After probably the first two sets of showings, I will have seen them see enough houses to know what they really want. 
and what they say they want. Mm -hmm. And I can at that point start adding listings myself that they did not request to see. Yes. So I will say, hey, guys, we're going to go out. They requested to see two. We're going to see the two you wanted. But I also added one nearby that I think you need to see. Mm -hmm. I have many times sold someone the house that they did not choose, but that I said they needed to see. Right. Because if you're paying attention to your clients, they will eventually give you all of the details of what they really need. And mm-hmm. they might be confused by ugly photography. They might be confused by, oh, well, I said I had to have a fireplace and I can't, you know, live without it. Well, let's let's really, I took clients, one specific set, to a house that had ugly paint. It was horrible. The, all of the trim work was painted in French country, blue, oh, red, gosh. or green. What? In every room. And oh it was gosh. in a nicer neighborhood. It was a great house. And the value for the property was amazing because nobody wanted to tackle that ugly that painted paint. house. Yeah. Well, I'm like, hey, we're seeing one around the corner. <laughs> we're going to go look at this ugly painted house because you're a young, you know, capable couple. You can paint a house. Sure. And we got in there and they love the floors <gasps> and they love the floor plan and they love the lot. And guess what? Bought that house. That's amazing. Yeah. So just be mindful. That's. I have a couple right now that I've been showing and I've been having to do a lot of filtering. Okay. Like they send me stuff Mm -hmm. and I'm like, hey, I saw that also. I just wanted to let you know I didn't send it to you because the last three houses that we saw, you said that, you know, if you had to do countertops and appliances, it was a deal breaker. And that would be this. And this would be that. And then she goes, you're right. I didn't even look at it that closely. Right. They don't know always how to look for things that we look for. Yes. And they don't, like these people are from Slidell. So they have to drive in. It's a production. To see the houses. Yes. And if I can save them a trip because I know. Yep. Um, if it's, or sometimes I can go do a walkthrough yep. and just do like a quick video or something. But they want your guidance. They yes. don't want you to just yes. be like, yes, 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 you know. Yeah. So. Okay. How do you manage, because this really is going to play into it, couples where each one is really looking for something different? I keep all communication mm-hmm. on one either email group okay. or group text. Everyone's hearing the same thing. We are all hearing the same thing. Yes. Because never ever do I want it to seem like I'm catering to the wife. Yep. More than the husband or vice versa. Yeah. And it lets me refer back. Right. So I'll say, you know, hey, Susie, Bobby said this was a deal breaker. So unless Bobby's open to, you know, negotiating that, I don't know if this is the house. I got to sell both of you the house. I got to sell you, (laughs) Susie and Bobby. Yeah. Not just you. Right. Unless y'all want to tell me something. Right. We got to both be happy. So it's just... I I always use their own words as ammunition. Yes. Like you said this. That's why I did not send yes. you this house. Right. So tell me if you, I'm missing yes. something. You said you had to be on the bus route for school. Yeah. This is not on the bus route for school. Right. Like why are we moving? And it makes them, it lets them know you're listening. Yes. And it just makes them kind of stay grounded because yep. once you... Once you can't really find what you're looking for, you can go down the rabbit hole. Oh, my gosh. And you just want to start looking at everything, oh, and then you everything. never like any of it. Yes. And you cannot – you have to rain them, keep them grounded. Them you are the foundation of this yep. transaction. You're the boss. Yeah. You have to keep them grounded and less frustrated. You yeah. have to also be encouraging, hey, guys, new stuff comes on the market every single day. Yeah. 
let's just keep watching and waiting right. and, you know. Yeah. It's not a hurry. You're not in a hurry. Mm-hmm. If you're not in a hurry, don't be in a hurry. Right. Okay. I want to talk about um, negotiations and being the filter for your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, buying a home, we all know, is a very emotional process. Yes. You are there in part to filter out the other side of the transaction mm-hmm. and not make it emotional more than it needs to be. So, for instance, if you are in the middle of a negotiation and you hear information that the seller is telling, you know, their agent and their agent is telling you and you're representing the buyer that is maybe rude or not necessary, you don't have to pass that along. No. You can be the filter that makes the process more pleasant. And it needs to be because when emotions get out of control, then it's hard to get through the negotiation, through the inspection, through the appraisal problem, to the closing table. Nobody wants to shake anybody's hand at closing mm-hmm. and we're all mad and it's been miserable and I've been yelled at. And you you know what? You didn't have to tell them that the seller said that they're ridiculous. I struggled with this when I was new. Yeah. Like I just didn't know better. Mm-hmm. But then I had enough bad outcomes where like, I was wait. like, why am I even like sharing this? You don't because need to know. if the seller is saying like, you know, I'm only paying your closing costs with a full price offer or whatever. Like, just make your offer and yeah. see what we can do. Yep. But they, you're right. The moment that they start, because people get very fixated on the other side. Oh, and, yeah. You know, well, well, they paid less for this house two years ago and they're who, not, who cares? Matter. Good for them. Right. This is what the market value is now. Yep. It doesn't matter. And Really trying to get them to focus on the here and the now and the property. Right. And what their goal is. What is your goal? Do you want to buy this house? Then I can get you there. But we don't need to worry about one side being the winner. It does not matter how much money the seller is making or not making on this house. Right. When they bought it, what they paid, you know, keep them focused on what's important. Yeah. It's very difficult when, and if you're an emotional person, you're going to have to struggle a little bit and figure out how to temper yourself down or take a moment. And, and you know, if the other agent yelled at you or the seller said something that you don't agree with or it's made you angry or sad or whatever, you've got to get through your emotions before you go speak to your client. Right. You, you cannot. Can, yeah. You can't carry that over to them. Do not pick up the phone when you are when I'm angry. Hot and puffy. I mean, and look, there are some cases where I can't figure out the way to explain it to my client without saying, listen, you know, the agent and or seller is being unreasonable. I am sorry. I've done everything I know to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, like sometimes I have to, but I'm not trying to go at them and be like, this agent is crazy. Never. They don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just no need. And that's why the public gets that bad perception of realtors anyway. Mm -hmm. You guys just let it go. Be the bigger person, figure it out. And also there are parts of negotiations that you can handle without your clients ever needing to be bothered. For sure. So inspections are a great mm, example of this. I have this on my list too. Okay, good. I'll do my little part and you can say what you want. Okay. Um, okay, for instance, I am representing the seller. The seller says, here's, I say, here's the list of repairs they want. The seller's like, oh, this is a lot. I am almost always recommending an allowance. Yes. Because... Um, take note, friends, 
The seller's never going to do the repairs the way your buyer wants them done. And then you get to the day of or before closing, you're at a walkthrough. It's a disaster with the repairs. You know, there's trouble. It's just a way to avoid all that. It gives the buyer an out too. Oh my God. They can just say, I'm not satisfied with how this repair was done. I want out. And they could do that. And they have all the leverage and the seller's stuck. (sighs) So look, allowance is where it's at. Mm -hmm. If you say, okay, so the seller, so I'll be like, look, you don't want to deal with this. You're trying to pack up and move. You know, I don't really want the buyer to be unhappy with the way you do repairs anyway, let's offer an allowance. Seller says, okay, I'd be willing to do, I mean, like a thousand dollars, but I've already given closing costs and I don't know, I don't know, but I would do a thousand. I'm like, okay, well, hang tight. Let me see. I go to the buyer's agent and I say, hey, seller can't handle repairs. They're packing, they're moving. I'd prefer it to be an allowance anyway. I'm sure you feel the same. What about $500? Will you ask the buyer? Yes comes back 500 is good here i am call the seller i'm the hero hi mr seller guess what they'll do 500 instead of now being annoyed by the whole thing they're like what that's great 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 job right i don't have to tell them that the agent cursed at me (laughs) no they don't know they're just appreciative they said thank you great thanks perfect (laughs) everyone's happy this is an over promise I mean, under promise, over deliver situation. And that's always important. Always good. What do you think about repairs? So I just did this this week. So I put it in my notes. But this is more for when you have the buyer. Mm -hmm. A lot of agents, first of all, don't attend their home inspections. I don't know why. Blows my mind. Or if you're on a team and you're like, well, I'm just the showing agent. And then agent XY comes over and, and sits with them for the home inspection. Like these people have been looking for the house that they want. They're excited. They're happy. Someone is about to come tell them every single thing that is wrong with the biggest investment that you're ever going to make. And it's going to be scary. It's going to be terrifying. Mm -hmm. And you know who they want there? The person that helped them find this house. Right. Like the person that reminds them like, hey, I know that these things seem scary, but think about that other house we saw. It would be way worse. I still think this is a good deal. We can negotiate our way through it. It's all about relationship building. And so if you are with your client, you spend so much time house hunting with them. Yeah. You spend time with them at the home inspection. Yeah. Also on that note, like say the home inspection starts at 12. Yep. I tell my clients, you should come around one. Yes. There is no need for all of us to be sitting in this no. house for an hour twiddling Mm-mm. our thumbs. And I tell them, client management, we are not allowed to follow the home inspector around. Yes. I also tell them, you are welcome to be there the whole time or you can come an hour later And then at the end of the inspection, he will walk with us and show us everything. But I tell them, listen, this is the last time that we come to the house before the final walkthrough. Right. If you want to show your mom, your friend, your aunt, your boss, they are welcome to come to the house while we have it for three hours during the home inspection. If you need to measure for blinds or a refrigerator or have a a carpet measured. Whatever. Anything that you need from this property, this is your time. Yes. Especially if it's occupied yeah. because the sellers are going to start moving after well, this. They, you can't be breaking into their life over and over again. But I'm not going to be that agent that goes back to the house seven times because yeah. you want to show this friend or that friend or I need this or that. Right. They need to be thinking about all mm-hmm. these things and planning ahead and you remind them of that. Yeah, I like that. So I really utilize the inspection time to... I catch up on my emails. Yes. They get to measure and be at the house mm-hmm. and show their friends and just soak it all in. Right. Now, when we get the report, I tell them, when we get the report, I am going to type up a draft repair request. Oh, what? This is interesting. You don't get to pick. 
I am the professional. Oh, my God. I am going to go through the report, and I highlight in yellow, and then I type it on the form. What? And I email it to my clients, and I say, wow, hey, I went through the inspection report, and these are the things that are customary to ask for. Okay. Let me know if I have your permission. This is very interesting. I had to, I started doing that this year, and it has been amazing. I love that you amazing. told them. You mm-hmm. managed them. Yeah. Do you use any wording or say something that you feel like is going to better protect you for, like, liability purposes? What do you mean? Well, I mean, like you said, here are the five things that are customary to be repaired. Mm -hmm. And if if this is good, say, I have your permission and I'll send. You don't want to give them carte blanche where they could say, well, I I need to look at this. Well, that's me saying. This is it. You decide. No, I'm not saying. Do you say you can add stuff? I say, look it over and let me know what you think. Okay. It's giving them permission to say, I like it. What about this? What about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not saying like, like hey, you can't. hey, here it is. Sign here. Right. Like this. Is, and I call it a draft. Okay. I like, like it. Like I say, I have drafted. That's genius. The repair request based off of what's normal, yeah. what's customary. No, I like that. Um, I always word it to be like licensed electrician, licensed yes. plumber, yes. whatever. Okay. Um. So ever since I started doing, but you have to act quickly. Oh, right. Because like you get the inspection report, hopefully your email's cleared out and that becomes the next item on your to-do list. You got to do it. You do it quickly before they start like nitpicking it, freaking out and sending it to everybody and wondering and asking. Because what happens is if you're not the one giving them advice, they're going to ask someone else. They ask someone else. They they call their dad. They call their contractor who makes it sound like the house is falling down. Say it again. Which part? If you're not the one giving them advice. They start calling everybody else for advice. Exactly. And none of those people are real estate professionals. That's the same thing on the house search. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the same thing on an appraisal problem. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing on any issue Mm -hmm. or any question about any listing and any buyer. Y'all, if you don't give them the advice, they're going to go find it somewhere. And they want it quickly. They want to know what to do. They're freaking out right now. Yeah, they're freaking out. Okay, I love that. And I have never... This year, I started doing this, wow. and I did it for every buyer in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I, I think maybe one time I had someone say, Hey, can we also add this one thing? Well, that's not bad. But it was never okay. a lot. So, all of this, like, see attached addendum with a list of 27 things. Yeah, I don't I like that. I haven't had to do that all year. Yeah. But when you tell them, look it over, let me know what you think. Yeah. It just opens oh, I'm the door. It just opens the door for like manic. <laughs> Good news. This is a new best practice for me. It's a, You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. I am just telling you, it makes the inspection process I cannot even so believe, much easier. That's ge- completely genius. So much easier. Completely genius. Okay. I also wanted to mention when you're negotiating repairs and or whatever, please just keep in mind that. You can treat a negotiation in the beginning or repairs or whenever as adversarial and as a winner and a loser, or you can treat it as a cooperative event. Yeah. You can decide that we're trying to all get to the same goal. Because we are. We all need to get figured out these repairs. We all want to sell this house. Like, we're all trying to get to the same place. Right. Nobody's getting paid You want to sell. You want to buy. Agents want to get paid. Like, it's all going to happen. It's all got to happen. But that's all in your mindset. Mm -hmm. I mean, totally in your mindset. You got to stop fighting everyone. Okay. Do you want to hear probably my most glorious story of client (laughs) management? I'm ready. Okay. (gasps) Many years ago... I had clients who I had sold them a house. Their family grew. They, it was The house was too small. They were ready to move up. So I'm selling, you know, listing their house. We're 
going to find another house. We find the house, finally, with the five bedrooms that can accommodate their large family. And they love the house. We're ready to make an offer. Well, the seller wasn't real keen on negotiation. Hmm. Like, just didn't want to give an inch. The house had been on the market a while. It was just ridiculous, in my opinion, that the seller didn't want to negotiate. But it was what it was. Like, they just wouldn't negotiate. Well, the seller owned a retail facility that sold rugs. Okay. Like, nice, high-end rugs and whatnot. So there was rugs all over the house, but specifically there was a runner rug that went up the stairs Mm -hmm. and they were wooden stairs and the rug was like stapled in like all the way up the stairs. Okay. And after we finally get through this difficult negotiation, which wasn't one, we basically just had to give them what they wanted. um, It's time for the inspection. And uh, the buyer's like, can, can they please take that rug off so that we can see, you know, what condition the stairs are in? We're not planning to keep the rug. We really want to be able to see the stairs. And, um, you know, the seller was like, no, I don't want to take this rug off, blah, 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 like back and forth. And then finally I was like, I I said something about it to the agent. And he said, okay, well, I don't know if he'll do it. And I'm like, look, the guy has said before that he wanted to keep the rug at closing. So how about this? We'll let you keep the rug, but I want you to take it off before the inspection because that will make my people happy. Him keeping the rug will make him happy. Mm -hmm. And then everybody gets what they want. But nobody needs to know that. Because had I told my clients what was going on, that he was going to keep the rug and resell it, they would have been mad. Mm. But they wanted the rug off. Because they don't want to feel like someone else is winning over them. So guess who did not tell them about this whole operation? I just (laughs) said, hey, guess what? Got the rug off for you. Yep. You do not need to know that he's going to resell it because you weren't going to sell it. Right. You were going to just throw it out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter to them. And the other agent on the other side of the transaction said, and there was more to it. I mean, it's been a long time. But he basically said, thank you so much for your professionalism and handling this and helping to diffuse the situation because it had gotten kind of, you know, troublesome and heated. He's like, I'm so happy that I'm working with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Wow. My buyer got what they wanted. The seller got what he wanted. Everybody was happy. It's amazing. But it could have gone the exact opposite way. Speaking of things that like stay and go, yes, I feel like a lot of listing agents are not communicating well. With electronic signature now, we're not sitting down with our clients face to face. Things are slipping through the cracks. Does the refrigerator stay? Do the blinds stay? Sellers don't always know what's customary. Yes. This is our everyday job. We know. We forget sometimes that they don't know. So in my move out template for my sellers. I have a move out checklist and it says, reminder, these are the things that are required to stay. Yes. And per the purchase agreement you signed, you also agreed that the refrigerator stays. Yes. You can take your washer and dryer, refrigerator stays. But I have been having a lot of issues with that this year. Really? And I think it's just that the sellers don't know. You're having issues as the listing agent? No, as the, as buyer's, the buyer's agent. agent. We do the final walkthrough yeah. and drapes are missing. Everything's and refriger- gone. Everything's yeah. gone. Things that like wine coolers have become an issue. Are they built in? Are they not? But it's like we really need to be educating our sellers. Like if those are yeah. grandma's drapes and you want them, you should probably take them down before we even right. start showings. Oh, agree. I've had a seller say, I really need to keep this bathroom mirror. And I'm like, friend? You need to take that down before I get anybody in this house and put and up put a up cheap a one. cheaper mirror. Yeah. It's fine. Just get a mirror in there. It's not going to change the sale because guess what? You're not leaving it either way. Right. Um, it just really goes back to 
everything that we're talking about in my soapbox series, <laughs> professionalism and client management. If you guys don't have systems in place on how to communicate this information to your buyers and sellers in the beginning, you're making it harder for everyone in the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you're having struggles, not because of anything you're doing wrong. No. I mean, and then how do you micromanage that? You can't ask the other side, the listing agent, hey, were you sure to tell the seller that um, the drapes all have to stay? Mm-hmm. And then I get purchase agreements where the buyer's agent has written in all the things that are already in there. Yeah. And I crack up, but I'm like, I'm sure they've been burned. Sure. They they had to There's add in the drapes. There's a reason this is here. Right? So, And part of me is like, still, I'm not sure that the seller's reading all those lines because mm-hmm. they got it in an e-sign. They heard the numbers, they tuned out to the rest, they signed it, and then all of a sudden it's walked through and the drapes are gone. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's up to all of us to be more professional and mm-hmm. to give those messages. I know. And, and to manage our clients And I think a lot of it comes to education. Yep. Um, I know a lot of mistakes that new agents make is that if the ML, like people think MLS trumps the purchase agreement mm-hmm. and that's not the case. If MLS True. says refrigerator stays, but you don't write it in the purchase agreement. You don't get it. Guess what? You're probably going to be buying a refrigerator. Because the MLS is not a contract. A few years ago, I had the listing mm-hmm. and a new agent had the buyer. Okay. We put in the MLS description, refrigerator, washer, and dryer may stay. Okay. They were very old. Right. <laughs> so I was kind of like, I don't even know if somebody's going to want these things. Right. Well, here comes a purchase agreement and in what stays is blank. Okay. So I told myself, my, I sent them the move out checklist mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, so we have to remove the refrigerator, washer, dryer. And I said, we do because these buyers don't want it. Right. And they might be aggravated. I've had that happen. If they show up at the final walkthrough and they're like, now we have to move these like, things. Like, we don't want the refrigerator. I was like, we kind of knew that because they're old. So yeah, they don't want yours. So they tried to sell them, couldn't even sell them for 50 bucks. So oh they just God. put them at the road. Shut up. Put them at the road. The buyer's agent did not do a final walkthrough. What? Didn't do one. So (laughs) this is so bad. I know. It's all bad. It's so bad. Let's not be this agent, okay? We go to the closing table. Everybody's so happy. Signs. I get a call an hour after closing. Alyssa, the refrigerator, washer, and dryer are not at the house. I'm like, I know. The trash picked them up a week ago. And she's like, you said it stayed. I said, I'm sorry. Your purchase agreement that you wrote did not ask for them. So I told my sellers because you They had to get them out. Yeah. And they couldn't even sell them. She had to buy them a refrigerator, washer, and dryer. And so you know she made like negative money because it wasn't money. a big house. Right. <gasps> so it's like people just, they're not, they're moving too quickly. They're not thinking, you know. Well, here's the problem with real estate and likely a lot of different entrepreneurial endeavors. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so like you don't know. All the mistakes that someone else has already made and figured out. and But but the key is you can learn them without doing it the wrong way. Well, I'm constantly updating my templates. Yeah. Because it's the, – so I, I brought up the wine cooler example. Yes. I had a seller of mine take the wine cooler. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a hole, but they were like, well, it was a wedding gift to us. Is it built in? Is it not? It's Nobody like really – Yeah. Like, what, was the, what was the result? Um. I had to buy <laughs> a, wine a wine cooler. <laughs> Luckily, they aren't that expensive. But this uh, was like a, several years ago. But whenever something happens that's 
in the gray area. It puts it on your radar. I find what template that needs to go on. And then add it. And I add it to that template and just make sure that, hey, that's – and it's funny because I feel like every year gets easier and easier because I'm being proactive and addressing more things up front. So I'm getting – Less frantic phone calls. Agreed. Like everybody understands less surprises yep. because I'm like covering every base. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even if it, even if I hear a story and it's not something that happened to me, you, I'm like, you added in. I added in because yes. I'm like, I never thought about that. Like speakers yep. are becoming an issue, but oh, like the TV mount. Oh, that's so stupid. I still don't understand why. Because you can't take it down without having to repair the wall. I know. But I think if you take it down and repair the wall, it. Oh, it should that's be fine, way to go. right? But I guess that's the deal. Like, and so as things change, literally the the, the actual components of a home change. You mm-hmm. have to. There's some alarm systems that go. Parts of them go, and so if you don't tell people, then they expect it to all stay. I think so many agents are so focused on the numbers yep. and getting as many contracts as they can yes. that they're just doing really sloppy work. And communication is key. And making it yep. a smooth transaction. Well, that's the thing. If you communicate and if you have a smooth transaction, you're not going to be fighting so hard for your next lead. We've Mm-mm. talked about this before. You're going to get repeat referral. Yep. You will not get Everything repeat gets referral easier. from a poorly done job. Right. You're just not. It will get easier every single year. Yes. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. The other thing I have on mine is giving the general public knowledge as hmm. part of client management. Yeah. Give just like all of the templates that you have, just like, you know, setting rules, just put it out there in the world, what is actually going on and how the process actually happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, the general public does, if you think you don't know what you don't know, they really don't know what they don't know. Right. I mean, like they just need help. They don't understand the process. They don't mm-hmm. do it every day. Mm-hmm. You've got to manage that. That's like when people are like, the market is great. Everything's on fire. But then the seller calls you and their neighborhood They're is like, struggling. Why isn't mine? Yeah. Why? <laughs> so confusing <laughs> to me. Because the market is <laughs> locational. The market isn't the market for everyone. Like, you oh guys, gosh. come on. It's so know. crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other notes on this one? I want to say something while you're looking. Okay. <laughs> it has been brought to our attention that some people don't know the difference between you and I. Oh, Yeah. I'm Katie. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Alyssa. And um, one of our recent guests made a, a, a genius <laughs> recommendation that we refer to each other by name more often. Why, yes, Katie. That's an excellent idea. But Alyssa, that feels very weird and uncomfortable to me. Katie, it does feel it's uncomfortable. It's so strange. So we, <laughs> you're just going to have to live with the fact that you may not know which one of us is which. Yeah. I just think that's hilarious. I, I understand. And we're starting to Maybe get Maybe in our messages. intro, we can be like, hey, guys, it's Alyssa. And Katie. Yes. Because I think one of us says... Both names. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're up for suggestions, but we're not sure we can refer to each other as, hi, Alyssa. (laughs) (laughs) How are you today? I guess we could. Yeah. Sometimes maybe we need to sneak that in. I know. It's fine. Okay. At the end of the day, um, it's really about like, what are you doing? Yes. You're the boss. Yes. You have to be guiding every single step of the way. Yes. Do they know they need to call for utilities? Yes. Do they know they need to keep the utilities on? Do they know what to do when they move out? Do they know where the title co- Yes. The more they... So instead of spending 
Okay. One time I had an agent from a company that I will not name okay. that said, I can't believe you attend your own home inspections. Do you know how much like marketing you could be doing with all your free time? You could be like making phone calls. And, th- and I just got so annoyed. And I said, listen to me. I go with them to get pre-approved if they're not pre-approved. I go with them and I show them every house that we see. I am there for the three-hour home inspection. We have a phone call about the repair request. I am there to talk to them about the appraisal, the utility. I am there every step of the way. By the end of this transaction, they know me so well. Yeah. They will never forget my name. Right. And they are going to send me referrals. Yes. So it's like people want to cut. Realtors want to cut out the people yeah, to have more time I can't and be efficient. And it is a people business. And if you're cutting out the people, you're cutting out your business. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I Ugh, do not I just under- got so riled up. <laughs> I mean, like, it's so annoying. <laughs> but so annoying. I don't understand this process. The transaction manager, the agent does the showings, the agent gets the contract, and then the agent is a, I would curse it, the agent is a friggin' ghost. You gone. Gone. Cannot find them anymore. They're long gone. Their clients are on their own dealing with a, I'm sure, sweet secretary or some transaction coordinator that means well, Mm -hmm. but that has no relationship with them. None. I mean, I don't even know how they get through inspections like that. I have no idea. I don't get it. But okay, this year I had a buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. I had the listing both times. Send me a cancellation. Mm -hmm. And I called and said, "Uh, I did not see this coming. Right. I have an idea. Why don't you tell your buyer to just ask right. for what they want? What do they want? At least give me an opportunity yeah. to see if we can make it work. And one of them was like, oh, I'm just so over this person. They're not listening to me. And blah. I said, listen to me. You go back to your buyer yeah. and say, what would it take? Okay, no lie. This house was like 140000 It was not a big house. Okay. They came back. They wanted an $8,000 price reduction. Okay. They wanted a brand new water heater. Okay. It came out to be $1,000. They wanted like five electrical repairs. It came out to $250. It was a lot, okay, especially in this price range. Yeah. I went to my seller. I said, hey, I just want to let you know they sent me a cancellation that we're not going to sign yet. I encouraged them to just ask. Yeah. I said, if we agree to everything that they asked for, they are required to move forward. They have to buy your house. If we change one thing, right. they, they can back out. I just wanted you to have the choice. My seller said, done. He did it. And guess what? They had to buy the house. Yes. Hey, and guess what else? That agent who was annoyed with them didn't have to show them any more houses. Mm-mm. It's so outlandish. I just can't believe that they didn't even try. But I had two send me cancellations and I saved both of them. Good for you. I even like on one the other one, it was like a lender thing. Um, I called the lender and was like, tell me what's going on. What do I need to do? I called the buyer's agent. I said, hey, I spoke to the lender. Yeah. They said that he was worried about this, but we can fix this. They said, can you call my buyer? Are you for real? They freaking gave me their, their buyer's, buyer's phone, phone number. number. <laughs> and I communicated with the buyer for the rest of the transaction. And Duh. he was the nicest guy. They were acting like, he's impossible. He's difficult. But that's a mindset problem on Agreed. the agent's Agreed. side. Agree. Yes. They were too emotionally involved. Nope. They were pissy. They were just like, Ugh. and it's like, you have to be, the. you're the one in control. Right. You're don't, the calmness. And don't make the client, the public, and the other agent feel like you're annoyed that you have to do your job. Right. 
You chose this career. Go do something else. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do it right, don't do it at all. Be the boss. Be the boss. I'm I'm done. Manage those clients. Yeah. Okay, so I have a toast. Yay. Um, Today we're going to toast someone in my office. Yay. Because I think that she and I have had the most talks about client management of anything we've ever talked about. She inspired you a lot. She inspired me a lot and to put a lot of systems into place and standards of practice and email templates. I mean, we worked on most of ours together. And hey, y'all do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, and she understands what it means to manage clients. Mm-hmm. Not let them manage you, not let the transaction run all over you, not let the other agent like get out of hand. Like just manage, manage expectations, manage the process. So today we are going to toast to Summer Rathman. Yay, Summer. Yay, Summer. Cheers. I did a transaction with her, a a few, and everything you say is true. True. I mean, look, you know when you're working with a professional agent. You do. She is a pro. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) She's got to figure it out. Yeah. So cheers to Summer. And y'all, please manage your clients. Manage your, be the boss, do your job, speak with confidence. Yes. Be awesome. nice. The end. <laughs> the end. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.